Hi, everyone. Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. Gina Champion Kane, the former owner of chain restaurants named Patio, was sentenced to 15 years in prison for what's thought to be one of the biggest Ponzi schemes in San Diego County history. Reporter Lori Weisberg talks about what life is like behind bars for Champion Kane right after the news. The effort to recall San Diego City Council President Jennifer Campbell has failed after organizers were not able to collect enough signatures to force a special election. Those who support the recall faulted Campbell for compromising on short-term rental policies and for supporting more development in the Midway District, among other complaints. Backers of the recall say they will instead focus on the 2022 election. The COVID-19 vaccine superstation at Remac Arena at UC San Diego closed on Tuesday after declining demand. Sharp Healthcare and Scripps Health superstations will remain open across the region, but they're also expected to close later this month. Local case numbers continue to look favorable, with 58 new cases reported Saturday, 45 on Sunday, and 51 on Monday. The National Weather Service has issued an excessive heat warning for Anza Borrego Desert State Park and surrounding areas Wednesday through Friday. Temperatures are expected to reach a high of 110 degrees during the day and a low of mid-70s at night. Julian and the surrounding areas can expect temperatures in the low to mid-80s, while coastal San Diego will remain in the mid-60s to low-70s. Former restaurateur Gina Champion Kane is serving 15 years behind bars for running a $400 million Ponzi scheme. Under the scheme, Champion Kane told investors they were financing loans for business owners who could not afford liquor licenses, when in fact she was using the money from new investors to pay back old investors. UT reporter Lori Weisberg has been covering the story. So Lori, Gina Champion Kane is serving her time in Northern California in a prison camp. Um, prison camp makes it sound kind of harsh, but from what I understand, it sounds kind of cushy. Uh, what can you tell us about it? Well, I think I've seen some references before to um, you know the club fed things like that because um, this is a this is a prison in Northern California. It's called Dublin. Uh, it's in the area of Dublin, and um, people like uh, if if. If everybody recalls the big uh, college admission scandal, uh, the actresses Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin spent some time, very little time, but spent time there. So we know some high profile female inmates have, have been there. But it's basically, um, there's the larger correctional facility, which is considered a low security prison. And then there's the satellite camp, it's referred to as a camp, which is um, next door, which has a much lower number of, of inmates. And um, it's probably not fair to call it cushy, but I, it's dormitory style living. Um, they, they call it, you know, there's not, there's maybe just a, not much of a perimeter fence or what, none, none at all. Supposedly the, the doors aren't locked at night, um, but you, um, you are, you know, you're wearing prison garb. You, there's only so much you can do. You only can have so many belongings, only so many newspapers or magazines or photos. Um, there's, there's crafts that you can take up, um, whether it's cross-stitching or scrapbooking um, that you can avail yourself of. There's a library. There's, on the one hand, they, they talk about that there's a sun deck, and I don't know what it looks like, but, um, but then in the handbook, they also say 
says no sunbathing allowed. So maybe it's just this, you know, sunny area um, that you can hang out in, but the, you're not, you're not, <laughs> you're not lying by the pool. Um, and and so um, and then there's a um, a lower ratio of staff to inmates compared to the correctional facility. And uh, there's also, um, in talking to a uh, prison consultant, as the guy who has spent time behind bars in, in federal prison, um, you, you also have, it's not cushy in the sense that you have work to do and some of it could be menial, you know, kind of maintenance or janitorial style. You could be working in food service. Um, uh, you have to make your bed neatly every day. I think I saw something in the handbook about lining up your shoes correctly. And so things like that, it's very, um, you know, by the book, but again, it's not, it's also not like what you would envision of being behind cell doors, which, which sounds much worse, of course. Sure. Okay. Well, I take back my, my use of cushy. I think it was just <laughs> the craft room, the choice of crafts and the sun deck that, um, you know, sounded pretty unusual to me, but I mean, well, is it normal for people to be able to choose the, the prisons they go to? I mean, I know you're a business reporter, not necessarily a, a courts reporter, but is this typical? So I guess your, your attorney during sentencing can, can make a recommendation or you, you can make a, or, you know, the defendant himself or herself can make um, a request at the, at the sentencing hearing, which I covered. She told the judge that she picked Dublin, uh, even though her parents live on the East Coast, she said, well, it's just one flight to the East, from the East Coast to, to that area. And that's why she said she picked it. Who knows if there were other reasons or she did her research. Like I said, there are, there are prison consultants out there that you, that you can rely on for advice. Um, she did request that the judge said he would make that recommendation and only she was um placed in dublin so you you, you do have some latitude in, re in requesting that um so she, so she got what what she asked for and um during covid right now um you still have to once you arrive um this hasn't been lifted yet you have to spend um two weeks in quarantine um where they put you for that quarantine i'm not sure but and then you rejoin the, you know, your fellow inmates in the in the general prison population. I recall that during the hearing, she had asked for a postponement um, before she went to whatever prison she was going to, because she hadn't got her vaccine yet for COVID. And the judge said, "Don't worry, um, you'll get, you can get your vaccine in prison." So um, she did have to go straight from the courtroom locally to San Diego. Um, where she was incarcerated for a while before she was transferred the middle of the month, uh, middle of last month to Dublin. You wrote that it's kind of unusual to send prisoners with such long sentences, again, in her case, 15 years to minimum security prisons. Do we know why that has been the case for Gina Champion-Kane? Uh, we don't. And, it, and according to, and, unless he's mistaken, but according to this prison consultant I spoke with, he said, typically, sentences above 10 years, um, you would go to the, the, the lowest, the low security um, in correctional facility in Dublin, as opposed to the minimum security camp. However, there are a number of factors they do take into consideration. And those, those factors are probably on Gina's side among them. You know, she has no criminal history. She's not a, you know, she's not a threat. She has no violence in her background. There's no detainers on her record. Um, so, you know, she's, I don't, 
she's cooperating with authorities in the in the ongoing investigation into her uh, Ponzi scheme for which she pled guilty to. So she has those kinds of things on her side. Uh, so those may have weighed in favor of her going to the camp. Yeah, I know it's really early. The sentence has just begun. But do you think there is a chance she will get out early? Um, yeah, there there is. And um, I mean, when we say early, like maybe, you know, a couple years less than what she she was sentenced to. Well, one thing that um, the consultant talked to me about is there's a what they call a good conduct release date. And that can, if you if you have good conduct while you're in prison, you quit yourself well, you, you could maybe have your release date released, was lessened by um, a couple of years or something close to a couple of years. And then there's the other option she has for potentially getting out sooner than 15 years is that um, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the prosecutors who are continuing to look into this um, federal crime, uh, if she continues to cooperate while she's in prison and she's indicated she wants to, and it, and it yields more convictions, they can file a motion with the court asking that her sentence be reduced. So she does have that option as well. And I, I have no doubt she'll do, um, she's a very driven person. I have no doubt she'll do what it, what it takes to um, cooperate and, and potentially reduce her sentence. Um, and she had over, I mean, over 400 something people were victimized by this Ponzi scheme. What will happen to those people? Right. So um, the vast, uh, not all lost money, but the vast majority lost money. There's, there's a number of people who put money in and got money out and they, they were net gainers, but that's, that's much more the exception than the rule. So there, um, they probably don't have much chance of getting money back from um, what's known as the receivership assets, the, the companies that Gina owned and, and all the assets related to those were put into receivership. Um, there's not a lot of money there where they're hoping to be made partially whole is by going after the, the Chicago Title Company. And Chicago Title um, was the escrow company where, where the money that people put into the scheme, that's where the money was held and they believed it was safe in those escrow accounts, it turned out they weren't. So many of the victims have filed suit already against Chicago Title. Um, some cases, not many, but some cases have settled and there's likely more settlements on the way. So maybe they get 60, 65 cents on the dollar. So that's what, I think that's what they're most hopeful of, that going after a deep pocket company like Chicago Title, which so far has not been found guilty of anything and hasn't uh, admitted guilt or being complicit to this, but they're they're hoping that in some way they could recoup some of their losses from Chicago Title. Well, how about her employees? I mean, she owned a bunch of these patio restaurants. I I, I believe I you know read back then that you know they shuttered sort of suddenly. A lot of people lost jobs. What has happened to those workers? Yeah, you don't hear much about that and, and claims of vendors and stuff. And I think at some point, you know, they may make claims as well. Um, I don't know that you can, I don't know if there were back wages owed, maybe they get in line, but I think the, the biggest, um, the biggest effort to regain losses is from the victims themselves who participated um, in the scheme and believe they were duped into, you know, participating into a scheme that was 
that was fraudulent that really didn't exist. It was basically they were promised um, high promised to make money by giving high interest loans to um, restaurateurs and bar owners who were applying to the alcohol Department of Alcoholic and Beverage Control to get liquor licenses and that they needed to put um, these owners needed to put a certain money into escrow amount of money into escrow to an order while their application was pending. And so these loans were supposed to tide them over until they got their liquor licenses, but the loans themselves were a sham and so were the so were the liquor licenses. They didn't exist. Instead, she took the money that was supposed to go uh, to these loans and she put it back into her companies. You can find this story and other news online at SanDiegoUnionTribune.com. I'm Christy Totten, host of the San Diego News Fix. Thanks for listening.